Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Kirk Gray. And this is Fred Schenkelberg. Hey, Kirk. You know, you just sent me a a message uh, about some weird looking test plan of some sort. And you were going, I said, yeah. I said we got to hit record. And by the way, just the other day I was, I was putting up, I was editing some of the old webinars that we've done over the years. And, and um, the thing is I'm trying to add where if you watch a recording, it will give you a certificate of attendance so you could use it for recertification or, you know, professional development or whatever, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And in that process, I'm updating the text, you know, and I'm I'm trying to find the links and stuff like that. I looked up Halt on Ascendo. Uh-huh. It's like 600 things that you and I have talked about on, it's like every <laughs> other episode. <laughs> and, it, and there's webinars, there's papers. I think you've written about it. I've written about it. Uh, Adam's written about it. All kinds of people have written about it. We've got a lot of material just on Halt. Yeah. Uh, on the site. Sure. Huge amount. Because... Well, for me, that's that, what you do. <laughs> it's, it, no, everybody thinks I, you know, is like, okay, if you got a hammer, everything's a nail. Uh, uh, and, you know, no, and that's why that's they, they talk to me about halt like that. Like that. Well, you wrote the book on it. Well, I wrote a book on it, but I also cover the other issues in the book and other parts of uh, uh, reliability engineering, FMEA. Uh, yeah, uh, well, you know the all the thing, other Carl, things. So it's the same thing. Carl gets is he wrote the book on FMEA. FMEA so I think right. that's what he does. And that's right. Like, well, right. he does a lot more than that. And I agree, you do too. But you've right. been labeled the Hulk guy, right? And that's and I I'm I'm fine with that because you know I was the last one that was close. Adam, uh, Adam is, but uh, also one of the ones that actually uh, directly uh, worked with Greg Hobbs. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, participated in his web his seminars and uh, worked for Hobbs and uh, well, Hobbs. Well, to be fair, I did Walmart. too. I did What's too. That? I was invited to a bunch of his seminars and guest speaker and stuff like that. Right, right. But I, I guess also from my, I came from a similar background of Greg, not having any training in CRE or traditional reliability engineering that I had been working on equipment and repairing and installing equipment um, for years. And that's where my concepts uh, or my understanding of reliability met with Greg's understanding of reliability. And it was kind of, you know, my experience uh, was that his, his approach was absolutely correct, that most yeah. most no, defects... I, I, yeah, you know. and I don't disagree with any of that. Now, right. the issue is, is though that your name's out there, and you're the Hulk guy. And, and the right. way you phrased it, I said, "Oh, we got to hit record." This guy gives you a call and says, yeah. "We got five minutes. Can you tell me how to do Hulk?" <laughs> and he sends you this god awful test plan that <laughs> right scheduled to run for two thousand hours. Oh yeah, months, like that. months, months, and months on, ago, yeah. and it was like eight or nine legs, and they're going to do this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, right. And it became obvious from this quick discussion that that. I don't think he read your book. <laughs> I don't think he no. read any of the articles on, no. on Ascendo or, no. or, you know, it's like, you know, highly accelerated life testing is not a test you can pass. It's not right. a gauntlet right. of fixed standards. It's not, you know, right. 
you got to right. do a little thinking here, you know, you have to do and, a lot of thinking. <laughs> yeah. But my favorite line was, can you tell me in five minutes what I need to do? Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, like, See, okay. You do first, you do cold. Right. And then, and then you just, you go as, you know, you, you and I can slam it. You know, he's thinking, Oh, I just take it to it's cold limit or whatever. And, you know, he, he was really kind of rushing to, I think, uh, maybe, uh, bid for a contract or something for this testing and he wanted to say that he could do it much faster well i say he can't do that testing much faster he can do a reliability analysis using step stress techniques and and boundary and limit techniques but he's not you know this is a the boilerplate test plan that he had. Yeah, it looked like a whole bunch of environmental tests type yeah. stuff. Or Mill Handbook was yeah. it's the standard eight ten, I think, a bunch of environmental. Yeah, eighty five C for two thousand hours. Come on, you know what? Yeah. What's that going to do? <laughs> Nothing. It's going to keep it warm, and it's probably unpowered. Yeah, he's probably going to yeah. do it non-operating. You know, which right. is even and more. Only a couple, only two, three samples. I think it was exactly. And so like, you yeah. know. Well, don't forget the humidity. Then you could use Black's equation. <laughs> you know, like, for what? What do you? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't understand. Well, I understand they want to really, you know, quick and dirty, and uh, that's quick and useless. <laughs> yeah, that's a good phrase for it. It's you know, it goes along the line that we've heard so many times. We'll just throw it in a chamber and, and we'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> No, I mean, so if you had to explain the concept of halt in like an elevator speech, how yeah. would, I mean, what's the basic gist of it? And I know you and I have talked about it a bunch. I'm going to see if I agree with you or say it differently. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, you know, I've really, I just say that uh, halt is finding out uh, where the weaknesses are in the product by uh, applying uh, graduated and a controlled uh, environmental stress uh, up to the points of empirical operation limits and empirical possibly destruct limits. Yeah. And then analyzing where those weaknesses are, the first uh, weak point, and determining whether you can um, improve that to make a robust, more robust product at a very low cost. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wholeheartedly yeah, so, agree it's so, but I, the only piece i would add is that you need to think through well which stresses there's not right. a, there's not a fixed recipe for stresses no, no and 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 there can be and eventually you'll do combined stresses uh hopefully uh voltage margining a lot of stresses that you didn't probably think of uh frequency margining that people don't think of as environmental stress it's not it's it's oh, more it is. yeah you get it that. is i guess um, and certainly power, uh, brownouts and, and, uh, variable Spikes power and dips, and right, stuff. right. Are all possible. But so it, not only environment, you know, not only the, uh, vibration temperature, uh, and, uh, possibly humidity, um, that sometimes is useful. Um, but it's, it's a matter of, um, of, it's uh, it's a matter of what's relevant for your right. particular product and, and application. Right. You, right. Know, you know, if electronics generically, like consumer electronics generically in a home or an office is temperature, vibration, and power cycling right. you know, or power right. of right. some sort or another, usually, sure. but not always. 
no. Um, you know, it's obviously any um, mobile product like a phone or uh, any, you know, portable product is going to, you know, vibration, shock and vibration are going to be significant, yeah. uh, causing significant fatigue damage over the life of the product. Also, since it's portable, it's probably going to go outside into extreme, you know, uh, here in Colorado, it'd be extreme environment <laughs> Every or day. down in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> going to air conditioning outside, right. you know, to your car. And, I was talking to a friend degree. about specs and, you know, I said, you know, you know, Dell puts a spec on their laptops and, and, uh, products of 35 C, you know, how hot it was in, in Texas, this 42, summer. Yeah. <laughs> 42, most of the time. So yeah. you're going, you're operating above spec. And that's another thing is when we talk about halt, we talk about going over specifications, over the components, manufacturing specifications, over the in use environments. And I say, you know, before you do this, it's going to be a real challenge to get any design engineer, if he doesn't understand this and doesn't understand what you're doing, for any design engineer to address a problem that occurred in a chamber over the conditions, over the uh, stress environments that the product will never see in its end-use environment. Okay. Well, yeah. No, it's. I wouldn't say never. It is a challenge. There's a lot. Of it is a who, challenge. Well, it is a common pushback. Yet it's. Yes. It's. It's the matter of how well you communicate it. Going. Look, this spring wire that you got over here is rubbing against this circuit board, and you just right. so happen to locate it right over the opposite polarity. Right. So it went through that. You know. We little coating that we put on circuit boards, which is right. not intended to withstand direct wear by a uh, metal <laughs> and, right and it right. failed pretty darn quick and dead shorted your battery out into the stuff and you, you open the chamber going why isn't it working and you smell burning phenolic and it's <laughs> like you know this is probably not good i didn't right. get any pushback on that one <laughs> yeah and they fixed it they, they, they addressed the problem and proved it that's right i guess the biggest one i got was my very first project that resulted in a 90 percent or reduction in warranty uh uh, returns for this company that had already been shipping a product two years. And that was when um, we reached a limit. It was a destruct limit. Mm -hmm. It was an operating and destruct limit, which is typical in power supplies. When yeah. something goes, when something goes, it, it goes. It goes. It then just, you know. So these were 500 amp or 500 volt, uh, 100 amp, I think, uh, bipolar uh transistor switches and when they blew they really blew and so you know going to the engineering manager in, in charge of the product he says look we never come back it, it never comes back to the field we never had one come back from the field that had to split case mm -hmm. <laughs> on this you know three inch by two inch uh huge component right i said yeah i understand that you know but i said this happened at you know uh, 45 degrees, uh, you know, fair, uh, 45 degrees C and, you know, you, you're, you're it's only 10 degrees above your spec. And also we had one to go to 90 degrees. Uh, so you've got this huge, you know, distribution and, and this limit. And I said, and if we put in 150 watt, um, you know, uh, a component, of the same size, same dimensions and everything else, but yeah. it was rated 150. We got to 90 degrees for all of them. And I said, yeah, why don't we just more margin? Yeah. Let's just drop this one in instead of the hundred amp. 
And he goes, well, okay, you know, and I said, then well, it'll allow us not only as give more margin on this design, um, but it'll allow us to screen and provide a run a very good thermal swing, which we always try for a hundred degrees uh, from hot to cold uh, range for yeah. a safe um, and rapid thermal cycling combined with vibration. Yeah, and those things heat themselves practically for that. Exactly. You know? So in a power supply, that's a six six hundred six kilo uh, six kilowatt. Yeah, it it'll heat itself pretty quick. It, it heated us up. In fact, that's that's where I also recommended you uh, power off on the cold cycle as you go cold. Oh yeah, otherwise you never get there. <laughs> right, right, right. The, the components will save it. So we would that would be part of our power cycling, which was very useful. And then turning it on at cold, where you get the surge, and you know. Yep. So, you know, within six months, they saw the warranty go down from a 5% return rate to so what, half a if percent. if they weren't getting split cases, what was failing on it? Was it just uh, degrading its performance and well, the I, transistor I, part? That's, that's a good question because I think they got them sent back without any, ex, you know, they didn't, the manufacturer was sending them back, but uh, it was probably because of performance issues at certain temperatures that, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't really get the full reasoning, but also um, I think there were other things, you know, we had already reviewed because they had a good field history and they did an excellent job of fail failure analysis on returns that we had reviewed. And it wasn't maybe that component, but it was uh, other uh, crack solder joints, other things that mm -hmm. had happened in the field. And I was trying to increase the, robustness of it so we could thermocycle it you know with the 35c or 45c limit on one of them that destructed it we weren't going to get much thermal swing if we kept you know that component in there oh yeah and so um you know it may be an, it, it would have been interesting and it, and it would have been very educational and useful to just change that component and not start a highly accelerated stress screen immediately with that uh, because then I would see if that was that component was the major reason that the warranty rate went down or that one change yeah. or, or some other things you're doing or the fact that we were able to run a screen and get loose hardware, solder joints and mm -hmm. everything else, uh, connectors um, that they wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have been able to find without uh, some swing. So, you know, that's that's a question. But. I don't know many companies that will do a halt and uh, well, they do do a halt, but you know, on their past products, it was just the fact that we had already looked at all their, and they had a very good record of field failures and yeah. they had a very good failure analysis. So before we even started the screen and they even bought the chambers, I went be before their executive uh, leadership, all their, you know, finance officer and everybody got together and, I explained and showed them from their own records that these things would have been very good um, candidates to catch. Right. And so they all agreed, you know, that's what I said, but it wasn't a hundred percent. You know, I said, we can catch about 85% of these through yeah. a, a rapid screen. And it was less than an hour screen for two units. So, yeah. well, they probably also, since they had that kind of process in place, they probably, you know, if they catch it on the floor, well, I guess it begs the question, if they're seeing this stuff in the field and, and they weren't 
improving their process or improving their designs based on their field failures? I mean, why uh, were they already taking care of this stuff? Well, they were the trying to. Because screening is still expensive, think, right? What's that? Yeah, screening was screening expensive. Screening still is. It's very expensive and it has, yeah, it's a high cost. Uh, but they still saw about a one to uh, three to one return on, they had actually calculated. They were, you know, it was costing them, or they were saving um three, well, times. three times what it cost you the screen is right stuff. It's, yes you know yes. It, it, my point of view is that if if you find a failure why don't we go fix the issue you know go fix the design or the supply chain or the pro the manufacturing process go make that better it, right go back to the root cause right if it yeah the problem with a with a product that already had the design and was being produced to uh you know yeah. then, for then a long you time what you need for the you, short right period, you can't yeah. You know, like one of the rules of design for manufacturing is be able to, you know, reach a connector and be able to insert it, you know, properly or whatever. And actually see it. Yeah, and and actually physical. see it. Right. Yeah. Things like that. So, um, you know, that that may have been something that they can't go redesign because they just lay out the whole product differently. Well, uh, it's, it's one mean, of those things that you, right, you it, make an analysis. Changes. It's an analysis and whether it's cost effective exactly. to do it or not and exactly. all that other good stuff. But it's exactly. So one of the other steps in this, and and I know we've talked about it before, and I know there's a couple of articles, I think one by you is like the basic steps and it's a lot of planning. It's thinking through what mm -hmm. is it, but right. I think the primary idea is that, yeah, it's a, you know, step stress with, you know, multiple stresses and, and look for, and you're trying to, to, to uncover weaknesses and then you, right. you deal with those on a case by case basis. Right. The real purpose, though, is to go find the weaknesses right. so that you can do something about it. Right. You know, right. it's improve the design is the best right. way to do it because it's. And weaknesses uh, in time. That's another thing. Yeah. And that's that's another challenge that you have because your success comes is only proven long after, you know, you do all these things and make the investments. And, and in my case, I really would advise any company that's going to do this to have some kind of environmental chamber where they get on location. That's really important for the engineers and other people and the design people and the, to be able to see and be a part of it. Remote right. testing is really difficult because you don't really have the right personnel that you need right there or call them in like you can in your own facility. Yep. And uh, so, uh, you know, but um, it also well, requires you know, a lot of education. Well, it's also one other of the people. It's one of the hallmarks of a good uh, halt facility is they basically require you have the right people in the room. They have one or two engineers that right. are part of the design team. Right. Sitting next to the chamber for the week, you know, right. you know and, and <laughs> but, bring your duct tape and bailing wire and you know, your diagnostic. Because if you don't want to do this in your, in what my experience, and I'm sure you've had this yeah. too, is that you do that once or twice with them and, and they go, wow, there's a lot of information here we're getting. Or, then, or I didn't, I didn't know it was that strong. Because yeah, a lot I, of times you don't need to do it. You show them, hey, this can, you know, I know you designed it to operate at, you know, 35C, 40 But it goes C. to 90. Yeah. So, and they're surprised by that. Right. Yeah. And and it, and then it quits working. In a digital system, it quits working. And you cool it off. And it goes back. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I said, no, what, do you, what were you worried about? I want to tell him, what were you worried about? You know. 
Well, I, so, I love it. They're sitting next to you and you go to, you go to 45C and then 55C and, and they're sitting there kind of going, you, you want to bet on what's going to fail first and when? And, you know, <laughs> and, and they're just, uh, uh, it's yeah. not supposed to work there. And it's like, well, I know. Don't and I've had it. to, I've had to actually tell engineers, the, the design engineer, and he says, well, when are you going to stop? And I said, well, I'm not well, going to stop until it stops. Yeah. When it yeah, stops. When we learn and he something. goes, I said, Go, Mike, go back to your office. <laughs> you I'll come get you. And... Yeah, I'll come get you and, you know, give you the results. But it yeah. was really unbearable for him to see yeah. his, his, his baby, baby getting tortured here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's part, if you're not willing to identify weaknesses, and then I think more importantly, do something about but it. Do it's something. Not, yeah. Do something about it. Do something about it. Right. It's in. If you go to if the just temperature and you're stepping up and you get up to 100 and 100 plus C, and you're really only doing a room temperature product, uh -huh. you know you got a lot of margin. Don't worry about it. Exactly, and so you can use that margin if you want to in the future to safely do a rapid and 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 intense screen thermal yeah. cycling and screen. looking for a manufacturing defects. Right, and, and that's what you, that's and all kinds right. Of stuff. Once you have a robust design. If it's if everyone's identical, always for the, throughout the manufacturing life cycle, then you don't have to worry about it. But we all know that changes happen along that path, and that's you know either procurement finds uh, um, oh, that a, a supplier quits. Function. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, right. Or there's well, counterfeit parts come into it. Oh, there's all kinds of things you can catch right. with that. And yet the idea is is the guy that called you. You know, it's like. There's a basic concept that didn't come through with his right. questions or his <laughs> basic plan or any of that other uh, stuff. And it was like, uh, no, you know, this is a consulting gig. If you want me to teach you or mentor you how to do this right, or whatever, right, then, right. you know, go read my book. We've got hours of conversations available. We've got webinars available. Right, We've got books right. available. Go spend a little time and get up to speed. Right. And, you know, if you got a good question and, you know, you tr I, obviously you tried to answer the question for him a little bit, but at some point you're like, I don't think you're listening. He probably didn't right. say that. Right. <laughs> well, even if they do buy my book, I, sometimes they 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 haven't executed well because they want to save money on their consultant, and they call me in and say, "We're going to go do a halt test, and we'd like you to be there at the chamber." And I'm going, "Wait, I didn't review your." samples what you're planning on doing when you're in there okay. you know you're going to spend two thousand dollars a day um and plus your samples plus your yeah. engineering time so you know even though it was a waste of their money i went and told them and they had three they had three samples each one was a different uh iteration or generation they mm -hmm. weren't all the same and i said you know this is not going to tell you anything and she they were doing uh, a test, mechanical, you know, touch screen test, all the same. They were trying to do everything at once in the one day in a halt chamber. And that's where I say, no, really, you have to have a halt or a, uh, at least a rapid thermal or some kind of thermal environmental chamber at your own facility. Yeah. That's really, you know, at the very minimum, get a, a hot, cold cycling chamber mechanical refrigeration whatever yep. the, the best is a combined uh repetitive shock pneumatic repetitive shock system this must be electronics of some yeah. sort yeah you know and so um anyway um 
but my most recent contact has said, I read your book. I'm reading your book. I bought your mm -hmm. book, which makes me feel a lot more uh, hopeful. Because <laughs> <laughs> after they read, you know, and I try and lay it out quickly that I'm not a traditional reliability engineer. I'm not going to give you quantitative reliability information as far as life goes, because we don't yeah, know. No, well, that's well, no, none of us is... know. Yeah, none yeah, know. We... Well, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. I think it was like episode two in the series that we talked about. People think that you it's a life test and it's going to give you a number. Like, <laughs> no, you got to understand what this is for. And it's a screwdriver. Right. It's not a wrench. Come on. Right. Use it right. appropriate. Right. So and, anyway. And the, and the so, screwdriver is not going to wear out. No. It, it, <laughs> it's like, kind of which one, you know. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, I ran into a square uh, bits the other day on uh, part of the closet i'm trying to repair a piece of it and they, they wanted square bits i'm like oh, i think i got one square of these. yeah you mean a head that was square yeah instead of a hex or a phillips or a flat it was square and i'm like all right he really are trying to use special square. tools here I've, I've, you know, I know of Torx, you know, that yeah, yeah. there's a couple different kinds of those. And then I also yeah. got, uh, and the little kid I have actually had one of those bits that, uh, but they used a very long shaft on their bit yeah, where they put it. And the little, you know, extension piece I got was too big. Anyway, um, we're off. Topic I've never here. seen a square. I'll it's take a like picture a, of Like it. an Allen head. It's like yeah. an Allen right? it's socket head. But mean, it's not an a, Allen wrench and it's not a torque or any of those. Yeah. No, right. It's square. Okay. I can understand. Yeah. yeah. But the idea is, is that if you're going to ask Kirk a question, at least do a little bit of homework. If you want a good answer, <laughs> right. you know, it's, we're not here to solve all your problems. If it's, you know, it, it, we're here to guide and help and stuff. There's tons of right. material out here. Well, I tell them it's, Halt is extremely adaptive to the product. Okay. Yeah. It's not, you don't just go with a boilerplate. You got to first realize, hopefully you have some field failure data or you have some history yeah. that you can look at. And then we can start focusing on subdividing the product, you know, especially because most are uh, electromechanical too. And yeah. that's, you know, completely uh, different um, realms of stresses apply. Right, to those. right. So you apply different based on either what you know about the field or what you know about field fatal failures, and then you, um, um, you know, work with the engineers to tell them why you're going to take it above spec and why you're going to take it to find the operating and possibly destruct limits it yeah. may break and get them comfortable with that idea and try and show them some examples of that yeah. um and be prepared to do something about it if you and be prepared to do something these these are relevant now you know you go into a company you might have to prove that first yeah. by taking some of their products that have a known problem or, or there's an intermittent issue with them and you say look we can show Let's let's try, and this is difficult. Unless it's you know fifty percent of the product has a problem, and if they do, it's probably not being produced anymore. <laughs> but so you have <laughs> yeah. a small percentage, you know, the chances of finding. But if you have a product that has an intermittent problem, and you've you know it's come back from the field twice, or you know something like that, if you've if you. Well, that's we we've talked about that before. So yeah. I'm gonna. Okay. I think we're looking at time here, but okay. the idea is is that 
So you can't answer the question in five no. minutes. You can, no. it, you know, you can be, it, not develop a test plan for no. going into doing a halt process on something. Yet the concept is pretty simple. Go find weaknesses. It's on, it's very simple, but it is very um, specific in its adaptation to using it on any product. They're very, yeah. um, and that's where I say, take my, you know, the people that, uh, my clients are reading the book. I said, that is for written for the world, you know, written for every product imaginable, every electronic yeah. and electromechanical. I said, but you've got to realize that some of those things aren't relevant for your products. And, and I will be the one to help you realize which, that, which is relevant, which is not. Um, and, and do the adaption to your particular process and your particular problem. Because well, they're quite it's, different. It's, it's like anything in reliability engineering. Really, aren't, you should not check your brain at the door. You, it, you do need to think. It's got to be useful. So right. anyway, you know, earlier I said, you got to ask good questions. <laughs> That's not always true. We get some random questions. And we'd spent, what, 20, 25 minutes here talking yeah. about somebody kind of going, am I approaching this right? I got five minutes. Can you help right. me? Right. I'm going to bid on this project. I want to put in halt and house or whatever. Halt. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, save this much time. And I go, I don't know that you're going to say, what are you, know, you trying to do here? So it's, it's some questions we come back to and say, let's think about this a little bit. And then if they don't want to, then, well, there's a short discussion. Right. But if you, I'm, I'm going to say now, if you're listening to this, one is hopefully, Kirk, you and I will add some notes to this, pointing back to a bunch of the other topics we've talked about <laughs> in great detail on this yeah. in other materials. How are Eight, and eight and years. also, yeah, in eight years that we've been doing it, almost almost 10 years, actually. We started doing these in 2016. 16. Yeah. So it's No, it. I, I don't That's remember. right. Ascendo, the articles. <laughs> the articles have been going. The articles started like, way back. Earlier, you, yeah. Even that before that, no MTBF. That's right. So the idea is, is that there's lots of info out there. And there's lots of questions that people have. And it's perfectly fine to ask Kirk and I and the other hosts of the show these questions. And you can do that over at ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. You can record a message to us or you can send us an email or a comment. Uh, Kirk and I and the other hosts are available through LinkedIn and we have contact information on Ascendo on our about pages. So plenty of ways for you to get in touch with us. And Either we're going to ask a bunch of questions to really help understand what you're asking, or we're going to say, hey, here's some great information for you, or here, think about it this way, or whatever. Right. It's not that we're not willing to help, yet some people are harder to help than others, and we run into that. So <laughs> don't be put off too much if we um, right. you know, ask you a bunch of questions to help clarify it, because we really do want to help you. And so you and your products come out and be more reliable. That'd be all great. Right. Um, so with right. that, Kirk, um, I don't know. I guess you check your email, see if you got any more uh, comments or questions <laughs> from this guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, he didn't contact me back. I think the bid, you know, he probably was just quickly trying to bid on something. But um, I'm always there, you know, to be kind and gentle about uh, saying I, I really need you to go buy my book and read it up and or just start researching it on the internet you'll find there's a lot of information from me and fred and others yep definitely all right well thanks kirk okay we'll let's do it happens. again soon all right okay bye-bye right. thanks for listening 
to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes, or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.